Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. I can get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll. And on with the show. to Short Bus Debate Club. This is Brian Courtney. And as always, Darren Jolly's across the table from me. Hello. Today we are going to be talking about vigilantes and vigilanteism, um, which is a complicated topic as always, I guess. All of this shit is complicated. But um I don't know. So a lot of this shit that we're going to talk about is rooted back to, you know, antebellum and the Civil War and white people trying to hold blacks down or white people trying to hold Chinese down or or whatever. And that has been categorized as vigilantism. Um you know, the the race riots down in Tulsa in 21. Nah, I, I can't call them race riots, actually. So there was a riot in Tulsa. You know what I'm talking about? No, yeah. Not, not specifically. Okay, so there are all these black people who own their own businesses. And they're rich. At least rich in Tulsa. Um, but they're all doing very well. One of them even owns a fucking bank. So they all own their own businesses. They're doing real well. 1921, okay. Um, one of some black kid touches the elbow of a white girl. Well, they're friends from school or whatever, so she's not going to press charges. But all of the poor white trash that surrounded this black neighborhood got together, and some of them were law enforcement. Some of them were law enforcement and KKK. Some of them were just KKK. But between two and 300 people, or two and 300 black people died during this riot. And the riot was actually white people going in. It was a huge fucking lynch mob. They just went in, and lynch mob might not be the right word, because while they did lynch some people... They shot a lot of fucking people, too. And so I personally never considered mobs of any sort vigilantes. Um, but there's something called the Vigilance Committee. Um, Vigilance Committee was, it's an Americanism that was coined somewhere between 1825 and 1835. And these committees were designed, like I said, to basically stop the union from spreading. Um, they were anti-abolitionists. They were keeping black people down. They were doing all of this stuff with this vigilance committee. So I don't consider those people vigilantes either. But I'll I'll let you talk for a minute and form a thought. Well, I mean, you're you're as you lead in, you're you're posing like the the peculiar question, right? Is is that generally 
you know, like we could we can look at Batman, you know, we we can think about situations in 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 a sort of like fantasy space, you know, Dexter, you know, all these various different places and and identify, you know, and we'll obviously we'll get into that more in the pop culture side of things, but Dexter had a he had rules, you know, that he followed when he when he conducted his his killings and he the people that were he was doing it to that it wasn't just enough that they were bad it was that they would take life under certain circumstances so um but having said that when we get into like when we cross the realm of fantasy into like individuals acting you know in in a space where uh, the perception is that justice doesn't exist the institutions that exist are incapable of providing it um whether uh, through their incompetence or the the way that everything gets bogged down in bureaucracies and whatnot, but individuals come to a point in their lives where they decide to function uh, in a way that transcends the power of the state. Like this, I mean, Max Weber said uh, one of the things that makes the state the state is that it has the uh, the authority to. It's the only authority that that is. Uh, permitted to commit acts of violence in whatever form, whether it's through an army or domestically. Um, but obviously uh, people have perceived themselves as needing to step in in that moment, you know? But so like the point being that uh, the context of what it is that constitutes a vigilante is going to be incredibly subjective from, from, from the beginning, you know? I mean, if like, if those individuals did that in 1921 to what, I mean, they were calling that, that was a really, really, uh, like you said, the, the area where those, the, the blacks in that area were living, uh, it, it, they were affluent. They were, they were succeeding. They were, they referred to where they lived at as the black wall street. I mean, and, uh, like you suggested, like a lot of people that were not wealthy that were, they, they came in and if it, so like if somebody came in and killed those white people in that moment, I, I would be more like from my perception that would be you know a more an, an act of vigilanteism but the fact of the matter remains that's something that's very subjectively grounded yeah and and i think that that's probably why we need to maybe and dude i hate to say this shit because i don't i don't want more laws to be created um but i would like to see any laws that we have tightened up a little bit so one of the things that I tried to do for this show was do some research. So I did a search of anti-vigilante legislation by state. Mm -hmm. None except for um, at the federal level, there was a anti-vigilante stalking law. And that was basically created for those wackadoos that fucking track down abortion doctors at Pan Planned Parenthood and whatever other abortion clinic. And who knows, maybe they stalked the, the patients too. But so that law was created to protect that small fucking segment of the population when apparently the rest of the country can just do whatever the fuck <laughs> they want. Um, and it's it's just weird to me. So I would like to see him tightened up a little bit because I did my concealed carry class. Mm -hmm. And in the concealed carry class, they said that most states have 
laws on the books that allow for deadly force to be used in the protection of you or someone else. But they said you need to make sure and be very careful if you do this because there's a chance you'll get charged with murder. Um, now, if someone's breaking into my house or breaking into my car, coming at me with a knife on the fucking street, whatever, I should be able to shoot that person. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of the states say you've got to make some sort of act to get away or hide or, you know, whatever. You know, the, the deadly force is a last result. But even with that being said, there are so many vagaries built into that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I said vagaries and I thought, oh. Um, so there's... there's Don't it, be a dick. It's, just, it's just not fucking... It's not tightened up. There's too much ambiguity there to where maybe one person can get away with it. And another one can't. Well, I mean, how do you... So, and I, like, part of the, my concern with the way that that's being... Uh, there's a difference because when you explained, the first thing that I think about was the the Johnny Wynn episode. You know, the v, the Vietnamese guy that was living in Vegas, he had a headshot. Those kids came in there. He told them to leave. You know, he tried to be like, guys, just get the fuck out of here. You know, and then the kid hops the counter and, and he didn't end up killing him, but... And, and as far as I know, he never got charged with anything. He never got charged with anything at all. So, but the vigilante, I don't, I don't see what he did. I mean, he's defending himself. If you're defending yourself on your pro, I don't think that's the same kind of thing as you have to be kind of like going out somewhere, you know, trying to whether, and, and it doesn't have to be Robin Hood, you know, but that sort of like concept where you're, uh, you see a tendency inside of a social system that you think is uh, not functioning appropriately. So you go out and will yourself to affect that thing to try to change the direction that it's going in for the most part. Or maybe it could, there are other more perverted. I mean, when we talk about this deeper, I'm going to say some things that people identify in my estimation when they're doing them as vigilantism. And I, I think it's important. And I'm going to say this once. I'm not going to say it over and over and over again. When I identify these things as acts of vigilantism, I am not agreeing with their subjective disposition. But I am of the belief that when people are committing these incredibly uh, aggressive, stepping out of uh, the the everyday act acts, um, that they they see themselves that way, um, and that there's a cultural. Uh, no, keep going, there's dude. A, there's a cultural. Um, tendency inside of the United States, especially, that sort of drives the logic of committing these acts. And that's why they sort of are like uh, happening uh, all over the place. And people think that it's justifiable. No, see, and that's what I was going to say is that there's justifiable homicide or self-defense, mm -hmm. and then there's vigilantism. Okay. So we're creating a line then. No, 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 no. I'm okay. just saying in my head that that's where the line is. So dude in Vegas not a vigilante. Yeah. He was defending himself and he was defending his store. Mm -hmm. Somebody 
tries to carjack me and I fucking shoot him. You're defending. I'm defending myself. And your property. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But so here's here's the thing. And so when I was doing my research and nothing came up except that anti-stalking law, I ended up reading a couple of articles on the American Bar Association, and I read that Hill article that I told you about. About Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, so they mentioned specifically in that article that there are, I think, 21 states that still have these laws where you can defend yourself or someone else with deadly force. They mentioned specifically South Carolina, Georgia, and Ohio. And in Georgia, it's it's on the books that you can defend yourself or someone else. If you see someone committing a felony, you can take action by arresting them, which I always thought that nowadays a citizen's arrest was kidnapping but you're supposed to try to um basically get them under control and take them to a judge which who the fuck is going to do that um but if you see them committing a felony then you're allowed to take action up to and including deadly force in georgia which is fucking weird and in ohio they have a similar law except now it's a concealed carry state so now everyone is going to be carrying guns and there is that protect yourself and your property law, which I, th- I think you should be able to do that, but that's not a vigilante. However, the way that both the ABA, the American Bar Association, and whoever wrote that fucking article on the Hill, mm-hmm. not writing it on a hill, but there's a <laughs> website called The Hill. Yeah, The Hill, the one that, yeah, they do rising and that's got Bree and... The other guy, uh, Robbie Silvey on it. Yeah, the hill. Yeah. Um, whoever wrote that article was saying that defending yourself with deadly force is being a vigilante. Now, if I go back to the vigilance committee, you said the ABA de- defines it as they didn't define it, but they they brought those circumstances in and kind of said. Like when they were talking about vigilanteism, they were talking about these states with concealed carry laws and, and, you know, the make my day law or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so they didn't specifically say, yes, these are vigilante acts. But again, if you go back to the vigilance committee or just the definition of vigilante, then, you know, it's to be aware it's to take the law into your own hands if you're you're being watchful. Mm-hmm. Um, but based on, again, these weird vagaries, then that means that Omar in The Wire, uh-huh. who went and shot Mikey and his hind parts because he wouldn't give up the fucking drugs, Omar was following that Georgia-type law. Did like, you say that they shot him in his hind parts? That's what Omar said when he was in court because they took him to court one time. He was a he was actually a witness for the prosecution, but the the lawyer on cross cross examination was trying to, you know, 
Soccer would be very impressed with this. Question his credibility. The depth of your reference to Omar's <laughs> testimony. Who? Yeah. Uh, he, he so Sagar and Crystal do the uh, oh. and so like uh, Crystal she got married last Saturday or Sunday or something like that so she's been gone all week so this guy Ryan Grimm did an episode with two episodes with Sagar and, and then Emily Chisinski, uh did who, so they're the ones that do the show on Wednesdays but they they filled in for her during the week this week and the first on Monday uh, Sagar he duty fucking loves the wire. He just makes this reference to the wire, and like Ryan picked up on it immediately, and he's like, "Ah, oh, at least I got somebody on here that finally understands the, the, the depth of the wonderful, most wonderful TV show ever." Well, so Omar's entire job was stealing from drug dealers, money and drugs. Mm-hmm. That was his job, or that's how he made a living. Um, but that he made a living shooting people in their hind parts. Well, right. So the 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 lawyer for the defense was trying to the defense fuck with his credibility, and sorry, the defense. The, the best offense is a good defense, you know. Um, he uh, was fucking with his credibility, and so he said, you know, you went to jail for attempted murder, and he said that wasn't attempted murder. I shot Mikey in his hind parts because he wouldn't give me his drugs. So, but based on the Georgia law, you know, selling drugs is a felony. If you see a felony taking place, you can take action. So Omar. There's a lot of people that live in Georgia. How do you fucking deal with the legal positions when it comes to that? Because anybody could like, deputized themselves. Well, and it was even worse because it just said if you were suspecting that these people are committing a crime. That's, 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 there's a lot of slippery slope there. Fucking know? A, dude. So, but again, I don't, like, okay, so if someone carjacks me and I shoot them, justifiable homicide, self-defense, whatever. But if someone breaks into my car, and I know who it is, and I call the cops, and I tell them, I know who fucking did it, which I'm never going to call the cops. I hate those cocksuckers. But I know who did it. Um, is it. Is it necessary every time to fucking poke the bear? I mean, we're poking the fucking bear with like a fucking cattle prod here most of the time, dude. You don't got to just... They wouldn't even answer your questions the last time we called them and tried to just get some basic information on how they would deal with things if we decriminalized drugs. Right, but I think that was because we're not big enough, not because they heard the show. Oh, but they fucking knew you by name the fourth time you called. They're like, Brian, we know. (laughs) They answered the phone and said that. They didn't even fucking, they're like, motherfucker, we know. We're not going to give you a fucking comment. I know, I know, I know. Okay, so I don't hate cops. I love you all. Um, I'll buy you a donut and a coffee next time I see you. You you just totally just breached that divide in that moment. That's just so touching. So incredibly touching. All right, Omar. So if I call the cops, cops come and I say, I know who did it. I saw him do it. I'm with you. I'm right where you're at. And they don't do anything. And I say, fuck that. I'm going to take care of this myself, and I go and I fucking break his legs or I shoot him. 
whatever the case is. Maybe I fucking handcuff him and try to take him to a judge. That's a vigilante. Um, what those guys did in Arapahoe County in the 1930s to because of the Italian thing, that was a that was a lynch mob. That wasn't. Well, give me give me a little bit more specifics there again. So, someone was accused of killing this really popular Italian guy. Um, he was in jail at the newer Arapahoe County Jail when they had built it. The person who was accused of killing that. Yeah. Well, and probably did do it. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there, but um, the people in what is now fucking Rhino. Um, the river, only? the river North District. I don't know why the fuck everything has to be in syllables or just anyway. Um, everything's Lodo, Rhino, Soho, Soho. <laughs> yeah, we've got to speak and fucking just break everything down into two syllables. Yolo. Um, so <laughs> this, he was accused of killing this really popular Italian, was in jail. Apparently the other Italians weren't real happy about the way things were going. So they went down to the Arapo County jail and there were lots and lots of them. Oh, so when you, because that was when it was on main street. Um, so, yeah, I'm guessing that's yeah, where probably. it was. Okay. Um, and they went down there ass out and they wanted to take care of business at that point. They got him out of jail because, you know, there's probably two sheriffs on duty at the time and there's a fucking huge mob outside. So they said, here, have him. And they fucking hanged him. And then they brought him back up to the neighborhood and hanged him again. He was already dead. But they had to make the point. Yeah. I guess it's like when they. Took William Wallace and cut him into pieces and put his body parts in the four corners of England. Right. But it did not have the effect. But carry on. So that one, that again is a lynch mob. But is there, but that, it's the same thing though, on some level. I mean, it, that's why we need to tighten up the laws. But I, this is, I don't think that this is so much a, po a point that I, I don't give a fuck about legal distinctions when it comes to this stuff. What I do give a fuck about is, so the first day that I ever went and took myself up to Blackhawk to play poker by myself, when I didn't go up with my dad, I went up by myself, was, uh, I think it's April 20th, 1999, whatever day it was that fucking Columbine happened, right? Okay, so like, and like I said a little bit ago, I don't identify mass shooters as vigilantes. But I do think that when people get to the point where they commit that type of action, we can try and reduce it to that their minds were fucked up and they were uh, mentally disturbed. And there's no doubt that if you if you get to the point where you're going to take an act like that, you've got some issues in that moment. But I think that things were happening to these people that other people didn't understand. And they made a choice to go and do something. And in their minds, they saw themselves as creating justice in a moment where there was a void and justice did not exist. I think this is true for 
people that commit those horrific acts of shooting. I think, you know, the ones that happened, there were two that happened in Serbia. I mean, this isn't, this is no longer even just American phenomena. You know, you have one in Australia, you have, you have the big one in Christchurch, New Zealand a few years ago. Uh, you have two in Serbia a couple of weeks ago. You, uh, there was another one that I was forgetting about. There was a big one, whatever, but it's, it's just becoming like more, more and more common. And I remember when I wrote a four page letter and I sent it to the Denver Post, you know, they actually printed like four lines out of it, but they took all this shit out of context. And my uncle called me and said, Darren, what the fuck, dude? And I'm like, yeah, no, dude, I'm never sending anybody anything again because they edited the shit out of it. And of course, I didn't think they were going to put a fucking four page letter in there. Anyway, I didn't think that that was what I was. But I was concerned that there were social issues that were not being dealt with that we if we chalk it up to video games or bullying or a number of different things where you're trying to reduce something, but it's, it's part and parcel of like a much more deep social issue. And I think that now that we're some, you know, 20, almost a quarter of a century removed from that activity that, and we still haven't dealt with it in any meaningful way at all. You, you continue to see, I mean, last, you know, the one in Allen, Texas, they went in, uh, this dude went in and this guy, the guy that did the one in Allen, Texas last couple uh, in the mall a week and a half or so ago, uh, he, he was Latino, but he was a Latino, a Latino for white supremacy. Like he had this big old fucking swastika on his chest and he had this big old SS tattoo on his arm. Um, and That's somebody there, who's really confused. But he's but there's a whole there is an underground movement. Uh, he was not. This is not an isolated incident. He is not the only person out there that is has a Spanish surname that identifies himself along these lines. Now these other individuals, I haven't seen them walk into a mall and kill eight people. You know, leave leave this kid. His whole family's dead. Like three people in his family died. He's like, a, you know, a youngster who's, you know, not going to have a family anymore. Um, but like you're you're not going to create a legal category to deal with why it is that these things are happening you aren't going to create a legal category to, to to define what happened on january 6th i think that a lot of those assholes saw themselves as vigilantes as well you know and that is an incredibly obnoxious an obnoxious thing in my mind but having said that they're 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 fitting that sort of like basic category where there's not a, uh, it's like the system has failed you. Um, and I'll, I'll get into this more later, but the, the root of the United States, when you think about shit like the fucking Declaration of uh, Independence and what that turned into, you know, there's this, that, that, that whole stupid comment that Nicolas Cage makes in the movie Natural, Na National Treasure, where he, he, he's like, just gets to the heart of it, you know, and he, and it's the whole part about how if you have the ability to do something, then it's your responsibility to do it. I think that there are a lot of people out there that uh, see extra legal acts of aggression as a way of creating justice in a space where they believe no justice exists. I think that I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that there are systemic things that need to be fucking repaired in order for us to truly move forward in a harmonious way. I can't even hear you say the word harmonious without just like laughing so hard that I pee a little bit in my pants. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it was. It was hard for you. I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're moving ahead in harmonious, uh, harmonious way because we have fixed all of all of the systemic issues. Um, and you know, I mean, our doctor. We'll call him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, anyway, a doctor that both of us know was because I, I was talking to him about homelessness and crazy people and all of this because it doesn't matter why I was talking to him about it. But he said, you know, I've been a doctor for a long time and basically at both the federal and state level. In the mid-70s, funding for mental health care got cut. Mm -hmm. I mean, slashed back to almost zero. Um, so that, you know, I could see helping to some degree. But there are still other things that fit into this where we may need to talk about it some more. And and the reason that I say that is because I mentioned the Elmar thing, right? Going and shooting drug dealers. Well, there are a lot of neighborhoods, generally speaking, most of them are minority neighborhoods, but there are neighborhoods where the cops won't go or the cops won't go at night. Um, you know, there are neighborhoods where 911 calls, you're put on fucking hold for a really long time. Um, get up and get, get, get down. Late 911, where's the late town? Yeah, I got you. It's a joke in your town. <laughs> um, so a further definition of vigilante or vigilanteism is one who takes the law into their own hands because the system has failed in some way, shape, or form, which is also what well, you said. About, yeah. But I'm not even talking about that greater system where education is part of it and healthcare is part of it and all of these huge systemic things. I'm talking about when you call a cop or an ambulance because... Someone you know was stabbed or fell down the stairs or whatever. No one fucking shows up. So it's no wonder Omar does what he does. It's no wonder that there are these people that don't call the cops and they take care of things there themselves. Um, and you're allowed to do that in a criminal way, but you're not allowed to do that in a developed social way. Because if you do it in a developed social way, then your name is Huey Newton and Bobby Seals, and you're threatening the reproduction of the system and the way that it's functioning, and they get rid of you. Well, and my next comment probably isn't going to help that whole thing. Like, I mean, we could be branded as like Huey Newton, but... So what I was going to say is, uh, so besides COOP and, and that systemic issue, I was also talking to a friend of ours fairly recently, and she was talking about guns. Um, 
And she said that while she supports the Second Amendment, she doesn't want guns because she wants to feel safe. And I said, well, to be fair, it's not just guns. I mean, you could have knives or bombs or whatever. Um, and I didn't get into the whole thing with her because I was too focused on guns. But this kind of goes back to our, our safety um, episode. And that is that safety is just kind of a, an illusion. But the way that they've defined these laws is it's okay for corporate America to fucking rip everybody off. But if Omar walked into like Home Depot in Georgia, where that fucking law is, you know, if you see somebody committing a crime, if they walked into Home Depot and started shooting people for committing felonies, then... Committing felonies in Home Depot? No, commit... The, I'm using Home Depot as an example because they're fucking headquartered in Georgia, not because they actually commit felonies. But let's say they were a bank or any other institution that rips people off on a daily basis. Committing and a felony. Omar a white collar felony or something like that. Anything. Yeah, okay. Let's say Omar goes in and says, fuck you, I'm done, and shoots him. Those laws are there not to keep us safe, but to keep Corporate America is safe. So if anybody did that to Home Depot or Bank of America, or and Bank of America is not headquartered in Georgia, but any of the corporations, Facebook, also not headquartered in really Georgia. Um, if they did it to any of those corporations, then you could guarantee they're going to jail, whether you called it fucking self-defense or justifiable homicide or or anything else the, 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 the too big to failers are not part of the same legal structure that the rest of us all are just like they're part of this the social welfare corporate social welfare club and the rest of us have to play by the rules of uh, uh hardcore capitalism or something like even worse because they maintain their socialist disposition and we're just sort of like playing capitalism over the scraps right yeah, yeah, there's definitely a different so so like but in that context, right? And I was just trying to like like MSNBC immediately after Trump won the presidency, uh, they blamed people for voting for Jill Stein uh, instead of Hillary. Uh, they looked down their nose at all these different people, and. Uh, they didn't ever like sit there and examine or look at anything. And when I see the January 6th thing, I don't ever, I don't ever see them do that either. They don't look and they just think these people are, uh, they don't respect the rule of law, blah, 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 blah. They don't ever think of, think about, you know, like when they put the kibosh on the, um, the Hunter Biden laptop thing right before the, there, there's no critical analysis with regards to anything that they're that they're they're doing with regards to this stuff. Now, coming into 2024, um, you have two people that have announced their candidacy as Democrats uh, that are big names: uh, RFK and uh, Marianne or Mar I can, the self-help writer, yeah, Williamson, yeah. Um, and they're both actually polling in a lot of polls uh, in the double digits right now. 
and uh, all of the people that are basically uh, DNC insiders, uh, again, they stand up on their pulpits and they wag their fingers telling everybody to get in line. This is the way that things are going to work. And you take what we give you and you can fuck off. And uh, there's this whole question that everybody kept like bringing, not everybody, but the people that are more on the fringes say, well, you know, these people want a primary. If they want a primary and this is a democracy, then we should have a primary. And we should have debates to where people get to table their their positions, their policy positions, their thoughts, you know, their vision of the future uh, publicly. And that because that's the way the democracy works, because Biden's 82 and you don't want a fucking dumb uh, an 82 year old that's showing, you know, dementia, you know, in some form or another, whether it's Alzheimer's or something else to be standing up there. He's just basically supposed to be weekend at Bernie's, you know, Bernie. Uh, standing there where everybody else is making the decisions and we're not allowed to involve ourselves in a discussion. On the other side, Trump has also suggested that he doesn't want to have debates. Um, so there are all these situations where uh, this, this dude Laswell, Harold Laswell, he wrote a book in the 20s or 30s. It was like a big sociology book and he talked about catharsis, like the whole point of like democratic systems and the way that our system functioning is that when things when people get stressed when they get angry and they're trying to find a way out if you have like a good functioning uh, social existence like a democracy then it creates release valves right so that things don't and 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 it's really catharsis but at some point in time there has to be a little bit more than that he didn't really say that but i think that there's probably a truth to that but in relation to this when i see the January 6th activity, when I see the way that Black Lives Matter was functioning, when I see the way that these moments where people uh, commit heavy-handed extra legal acts and sometimes horrible fucking acts like they do when they go in and they shoot up a, a school or they shoot up a, you know, a public a restaurant, a, a mall, um, like I, I get the sense that when you have the people that are at the top in those spaces where they're, for all intents and purposes, totally uh, th their functioning, they have room to move, they can, they can talk shit, they can do things, they can affect outcomes, and like, we're allowed to affect outcomes so long as we get in line and pick from the, the options that they give us, your, your whole Demopublican thing, right? Um, but what happens is we're socially constipated right now. I mean, like, totally, you know? And like, if we don't fucking come up with a really big fucking social enema, this shit's just going to keep getting worse, I think. And you're going to have people that don't see a way of doing anything and they're going to, they're going to do stupid shit acting out because they don't know there's, in, there, there, I'll get more into like why I think that is later, but uh, because there's, this is not like a, where, where do you attack at in this system? I mean, there's no center, there's no circumference, you know? It's everywhere, you know. Where where does power really exist? I mean, it's it's like, it's all encompassing. So, how do people act out? Well, they, you know, they pick the place that's in their own backyard, and then they, they do some really weird, weird shit. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes they go to where they think the power resides. Um, was it like 1995 that that fucking dipshit from, I think it was Boulder, drove to Washington, D.C. and was going to try to shoot Clinton. Um, I, I don't remember this. You, you could teach me something. I can't remember. Anyway, he ended up getting arrested 
but out even... front and the president wasn't even there. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's poor planning, to say the least, um, which goes back to the fucking education and mental health thing with the, the systemic issues. Now, you mentioned Trump and you mentioned Biden. Um, I, I want to say one thing and then then I kind of want to circle back because I I think we're we're talking about important stuff, but we're kind of straying away from the vigilante thing a little bit. Not, not by my definition. Uh, okay, no, that's it. fine. I I just so again in that fucking Hill um, article, or maybe it was the ABA one, um, but they talked about the January sixth thing, mm -hmm. which again I don't consider that vigilanteism, um, except for maybe. I don't know. I still I still can't I I can't even say that those guys were vigilantes, but because it matters how much you think they're vigilantes more than anything. Well, it doesn't, but I'm just telling you because I have the fucking mic, bitch. <laughs> um, so... You should have like just picked, you should have done the mic drop then, dude. You should have just like. So they talked about Trump and how he is bringing all of his followers into line and how the the Republican Party is making it harder for minorities and and people to vote and you know basically saying that they're trying to get the right people in in the fucking House and in the Senate so that everything will go Trump's way and I I think that that may be fair but the Republican Party has been trying to make things more difficult for minorities to vote since at least Clinton, if not longer. I mean, I know that our congressional districts have been redefined, or I should say redrawn, mm -hmm. at least three times that I know of here in Colorado. Um, and part of that is because of the population, so we had to add a seat. But Part of it is also because, you know, they were saying, oh, well, fuck it. Those people in that neighborhood aren't going to vote for us because they're black, brown, or whatever. So let's move the line to 20th Street, yeah. and then we'll be Gerry, okay. Gerrymandering, of course. Yeah. Um, so they've been trying to do it for a long time. So I don't like that fucking orange wig wearing shit bird but i can't blame the way that they're treating voters on him um because they've been doing it for it's, a really long yeah, time predates him yeah even when he was a democrat and you know talking about pro-life all over the place right and i mean you know bush too was doing something similar i mean he was trying to figure out how to write his way into where he could stay president forever um i think he even wrote a fucking executive order to that degree um so they've been trying stupid shit for a while because they're rich power hungry cocksuckers the vice president's daughter she she announced her candidacy the other day great liz, liz cheney so, because we need a we need another Cheney, and 
a presidential. Well, candidate. and she's she's running in Wyoming. And she doesn't. She's not. A, she she oh, lost she, her seat. She doesn't have a seat anymore. But she so she announced her candidacy for president. Yes. yes. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I don't. I, no, I, I believe was, you. I knew I she just, was doing some exploratory stuff. And I want to make sure that I'm not talking out of school, but yeah, she's a she's a fucking lunatic or monger. I just fucking bitch. don't see that happening. I wonder if she'll shoot one of her friends in the face. It really makes you. I mean, like, like when because like she's not gonna. I mean, there's nobody that's gonna like the only person who actually had a shot at the. Yeah, uh, yeah, she launched. Yeah, she she's she's announced. She she's got a had an ad in New Hampshire. I don't know. I think I'd rather vote for Liz Cheney than the fucking wig wearing Cheeto. Not that I would vote I, for I, either of them, but I, I think I'd vote for him. Yeah, I can't. I, 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 yeah, yeah, because I just am so sick of the war money, dude. Like I'm tired of it. He, I think that he's just as bad as she is. But I mean, like I, you know, I'm not going to. I'm going to vote green. I mean, I'm going to do what I did last time. Even if, even if Colorado was a battleground state. I would still vote green. No, I'm not. I'm not voting for any Republican. Yeah. I'm just saying that I think I would, if I did, I would rather vote for her than him. She's too much to spend my heart. Like the one one thing that if Donald Trump is president, the intelligence agencies get so concerned with what he's doing, they can't do their regular shit. So they get caught up in, in, in that battleground. And I, and I like the fact that they, and then they have to like tip their hand, all the stupid shit, you know, the steel dossier stuff and like, uh, just fucking jackasses. Well, considering we don't even know how many fucking employees the NSA actually has to say that the intelligence community can't do their regular shit because they're worried about Trump is probably at least slightly false. If that, if that is true, we are so fucking ruined. Like how, how do you, how do you blow? I mean, this, like, it's funny. Like we're, 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 if that's true, we're worse than the Soviet Union it ever was, dude. Like by, by leaps and fucking bounds, you know? We are worse than the Soviet Union ever was. And so dude, you know, like they always showed the pictures, you know, when the wall came down, um, of people on bread lines, like, well, they showed the people in line for bread when it was a communist state but then the wall came down and they showed pictures of people like the the bread line pictures were longer because there were so many more people in line now if our fucking quasi socialist fucking corporate uplifting we're gonna pseudo democracy we're going to fuck over the entire citizenry constantly, but in order to make sure that they're all completely placated, we're going to make them fight amongst themselves by saying this one's black and this one's white and this one, whatever. Um, Republican or Democrat or any other. Right. We're, we're going to, we're going to put them into all these categories to make sure they fight amongst themselves. So they don't give a fuck what we're doing. But if, if our government does crumble, and I know that was a long name for our government. Um, <laughs> You're going to have to create an acronym there. <laughs> if it does, then our bread lines are going to be so much longer than they ever were in the fucking Soviet Union. I mean, dude, 
they're already pretty fucking long right now. Panhandlers and fucking homeless clear up to the rooftops. I mean, they're everywhere. Um, so, whatever. Now, I have no fucking idea. I'll, I'll let you talk for a while, dude. I, I, talk I mean, really I talk for a really long time. I mean, the only thing, like, I, the shot that I took at you, I mean, the one thing that I'm really trying to to point out is that, uh, like, when a person is going to be, when they take it into their own hands, like, a vi vigilante is a very personal kind of concept, you know, when a person makes a choice to, you know, and there's a lot of stupidity out there. And also, like, the other thing that I was saying is that, like, our friend who you were referring to earlier, I think, when you were talking about the guns thing, um, she wrote that strategic institutionalism thing. And I think there's something really, really important in the idea that when you create, like, uh, things like the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and then you develop this concept of nationalism, this sort of imaginary community, as it's been talked about in the past, um, when I think it's talked about the most uh, accurately. Um, and you have the rest of the world looking at that, and they're kind of buying into your bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Um, the fact that when a person's born here and they're brought up in it here, and you have like religion on one hip, and then you have like civic duty on the other, you know, and the sort of merging of the two at some point in time, where the demo the demo the document in its raw legal form is over here but the way that people relate to it is on is on this other side they don't really understand the ins and outs of what goes on with the supreme court when they argue points and deal with things the, the, the nuts and bolts the whether or not it's true to the form i mean what the what the founders you know well most of them have never even seen a, a, a decision it's, but they don't they don't want to they don't want to see a decision right they just have this reverence for the thing itself right jingoism yeah i mean what's well, more than it's more than that like Chivalry. it's literally they literally like they get together on the fourth of july and firecrackers and guns and you know and, I, and this is not just a conservative thing this is the, the the idea can be just as much uh you know the function of illiberal liberalism because that's what it is now there's nothing liberal about the way the fucking democrats are functioning at all anymore um and the, the 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 jingoistic you know the, the way that the right functions when they go to the you know i was listening this morning to sagar said this thing that was so so interesting he said it's like a rorschach test right like the people that love the democrats they see like these internal contradictions of the system and the people that hate the democrats and that are republicans they see they're not wrong neither one of them is wrong but they're only looking at it from one of them sees the candlestick and the other two see the other one see the two faces like looking at each other but they don't understand that this sort of like space that they maintain such reverence towards whether it's a liberal reverence towards it or that the freedom rhetoric the way that it's played out in that space um, that strategic institutionalism creates a sense of not logic but a sense of emotion that 
creates a space for people to do things in a very reactionary way. And they will start to see themselves, whether it's the one percenters or the fucking or the three percenters or whatever the fuck they call themselves. What, what, are, what are some of those? Uh, one Republic. Uh, what, what were some of the other? What was that? I thought oh, one, oh, oh, one Republic is a shitty band, I thought. It is a shitty band. But there is a, there is a group uh, out of South Carolina called One Republic. Um, they're vigilantes against migrants. So they go down to the border in New Mexico and Texas and where there's not border patrol they catch the fucking uh, people trying to get across the border and then turn them into the border patrol. So um, so the three percenters, one republic, uh, the Oath Keepers, all these fucking weirdos, like they, I mean, by definition, identify themselves as self-anointed political actors. It, I mean, the very defi- definition of a vigilante, and it's rooted in that ethos that connects to that strategic institutionalism you know where they look at the constitution you know the second amendment and you know freedom of speech the first amendment's all about freedom of speech you know you, you don't even fucking say anything about the establishment clause they don't fucking know you know and look guys i'm not totally dogging on you but i do think you need to look a little bit deeper into these things don't just get all emotionally charged Pick no, and if, book and read. if you do want to see something really hysterical, go out on the 4th of July and instead of watching fireworks, just watch the people. I mean, seriously, you're talking about 40 year old people that are just fascinated by sparkles in the fucking sky that have happened every year yeah. since they were born how perfectly metaphorical is that though you know i mean the spectacle it's they don't i mean it's not anything real it's just this fantasy that people have inside of their head about what they think a country is in spite of the fact that every real notion that was tied to it in the beginning is gone you know and the real the real fucking irony of all of that if it ever existed that the vast majority of these people are hovering right around the fucking poverty line and the reason not the only reason but some of the reasons that they're at the poverty line are or could be fixed by the same government that's placating them with a fucking fireworks show a lot, a lot cheaper to do a fireworks show than it is. A lot easier, too, than solving problems, you know? <laughs> who who fucking want to solve a problem when you can buy a real nice, uh, what are the, those things called? Uh, sparklers. No, not the sparklers. The ones that you... <laughs> Bottle rockets? No. I don't fucking know what you're talking they, about, they, they, retard. You hold them and they, they, they shoot the bigger bomb things. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a From big now on, person. we're just going to call them doof, doof, doof. You're a fucking The asshole. handheld doof, doof, doof. Yeah, that's, that's right. what I'm trying to say. Cannon? Do you, I, mean, you I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Either. No. I no. quit watching fireworks when I was like 15, dude. And I've had girlfriends, and like Aaron and Karina used to always try to drag me to fireworks shows. Dude, they're so fucking lame. I'm not six anymore. And you can't placate me with shiny shit. Not any shiny shit? No. I don't like gold either. Or silver. Platinum. Titanium. Aluminum. I like aluminum because it holds my coke. 
And right. because it's what you what makes up the right. hat on your head. It stops the NSA from getting Reading to my mind. thoughts. Yeah. Um so <laughs> you know the one. <laughs> Roman candles, dude. Roman candles. I, I can't remember words sometimes. I didn't words think those shot anything. I thought it was just a great big fire thing coming out of the end. Hence the name candle. Oh. And, and you can hold them, and they, you can like point them at people, right? Shoot a fucking Roman candle right in your head, which is really what I'd like to do right now to you. One time, on the Fourth of July, we were all getting hammered at my sister's old house in Aurora, and Josh went to the back of the yard and was pissing, and I was like, "Don't piss in my sister's yard, you fuckhead!" And I took a bottle rocket and lit it and launched it at his. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of those kids that would like never let go of the lawn darts you know he'd want to play lawn darts until he fucking took one in his melon you know no because they still had lawn darts when he was a kid i know but he like he i'm sure he probably took them home he but probably... it didn't thin the crowd is what i'm saying yeah. give it time i guess you know it all works on percentages um he was just one of the lucky 46% or whatever. Um, 54% took a fucking lawn dart in the head. <laughs> Whoa. Why the fuck did they take it off the market, dude? I mean, I'm guessing a lot of kids had to die for that to happen. Well, I remember we had a set of lawn darts. We never played with them. I mean, my mom, I think, took them away immediately because she's like, you know, I mean, I had already broken my arm four times at that point and dusted and gotten fucking stitches 600 fucking times. So she's right. like, I'm not leaving this with you fucking dumb kids. You kill yourselves enough without fucking throwing a big ass metal thing in the air and fucking having it come back down. Trying to make it in a fucking circle this big. Yeah. Dipshitty. Whoever fucking came up with that game, they must have really wanted it. Was, they, they called it the hurt color. That's what they did. It was the it was the Soviets. They're like, we're going to send these to the people in America, and they will fucking start to die. Yes, <laughs> it was democracy. Would it? It was their version of a smallpox blanket. That's exactly yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Free lawn darts for everyone. Now kids have bean bags. Um, a different kind of revolution. We could do smallpox bean bags. Um, no, it has to be the like the game where they, you know, you, you, you'd have to have something where people are playing when bean bags. Yeah, or cornhole. Like you right. put it. Isn't in, that yeah. just a bean bag okay, though? So, but you got to add the cornhole to the bean bags, the bean bag and the cornhole. Right, because otherwise it would just be like a paperweight. I and guess. if you if you took the cornhole and you painted on it the dude that Omar shot, <laughs> and you could shoot. That guy in the hindquarters. Hind parts. Hind parts, excuse me. I've never seen it, you know. You're missing out. I'm sure I am. Um, okay, so we know for sure that there are some fucked up problems from the top down. I mean, and I'm guessing that even our listeners know, but you, knowing me for as long as you have, know that I believe that Education needs to be fixed, and if we fix that, then that's part of the system. Healthcare, especially regarding mental health, 
and just our general policing of the the people needs to be fixed because regardless of what our government says police brutality really is a fucking thing and it really does need to be fixed and if we need to fucking erase that blue line a little bit um to make it to where you know some civilians can monitor what they do um if we need to completely erase it and paint it another fucking color whatever the case is we need to fix that so that we have control over these people but the fact is they don't want us to have control over them no. they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing which is keeping their fucking knees on the throats of the populace isn't it kind of ironic that a lot of the people that are thin blue liners are also people that would do the vigilante thing on behalf of the one percent three percenters and the oath keepers and well, it's also, I mean, they could have very possibly been Dylan Klebold at, at Columbine. Yeah. Um, that one dude down in Dallas, because that was when they started changing the definition from terrorist or like a terrorist cell to a lone wolf terrorist. Is that the guy that was up on the... He was in the parking stretcher. Uh -huh. um, I believe he was a cop. The one that was shooting people from way up on high. That yeah. was what? When was that? Was a fucking long time ago. When was that? That was before I was born, I think. No, 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 oh, no, okay, no. You're that. thinking. You're thinking of uh, Charles Whitman at the University of Texas, who was shooting from the clock tower. Yeah, the clock tower. That's that's that a, a different thing. thing. Okay. So, and I know we're mixing mass murder into this stuff because. You're trying to illustrate the fact that they may have felt like they needed some justice somehow, so maybe somewhere in their head they thought that they were vigilantes. That that is what you're saying, right? I I'm saying that that's that's a part of it. There's 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 another degree to it though. I mean, it goes even a little bit deeper than that, in the sense that in a lot of ways, a vigilante is really just a subjective disposition and relationship towards. Uh, exacting justice when you in a space where you don't think justice exists. So if that dude went up on that clock tower, you know, for whatever reason, you took he, he took his kids away, you know, he got fired from his job, fallen down, kind of, you know, and he says, and it's not just an act of, I mean, if it's just an act of revenge, that's that's one thing. But if it's a way of trying to like bring the the justice uh <laughs> into balance a little bit more than because it's not that's why i was talking shit to you earlier about i don't consider it doesn't matter what i consider to be like vigilanteism is something that's very subjectively located when a person you know no i i get that but the reason at least the reason I said we needed to tighten up the laws a little bit uh -huh. isn't because I necessarily want to go out and be a vigilante, although there are some people that everybody, I would I'm sure everybody fantasizes having some corrective action against. But it's because, you know, I'm a big believer in the, the justifiable homicide self-defense type thing. Now, don't get me wrong. 
I mean, I, I think we kind of have to take it on a case-by-case -case basis and see how danger, how much danger we're actually feeling at the time. But I'm not necessarily going to fucking shoot somebody for stealing my car stereo. I'm not going to shoot somebody for taking my DVD player. I don't have a DVD player, but... Um, What's a DVD player? <laughs> <laughs> or my computer or my cell phone or whatever. But... I do feel like if I felt threatened that I should be able to defend myself, vigilante or not, and not end up with like a fucking 20 to life sentence. And that's 20 years to life. Uh, what, what other numerical space could the person have assumed? Beats the fuck out of me, dude, but I learned a long time ago when I'm doing, like, my sales pitches and shit, not to use acronyms because not everybody knows what the fuck they mean, and if there's any chance for confusion or ambiguity, clarify. So I did that. <laughs> okay, because it could have been 20 hours. I'm going to get put in prison for 20 hours. Right. Time served. 20 seconds. To life. Because, I mean, if they throw you in the can and then say, so cops come and they say, all right, you shot somebody. Maybe you go to jail and then you get out and they take you to the arraignment Monday morning and the judge says, okay, it was justified, you're out. So 20 hours to life. There, that's the way I just fix that. I think that I I don't think that tightening up the laws is ever going to help you. Not in the current state that we exist in right now, because that presupposes that you actually have a system that can function in a thoughtful and developed way. Somewhere between juries and judges, I'm I'm not very impressed with anything with regards to the system right now. No, I get it, but see, and this is another problem, and I'm not saying that this is true. Well, I am kind of saying that it's true. So somebody, let's say, let's say Liz Cheney, just for fun, because we were talking about her, and her dad actually did shoot someone and get away with it. Because it was a, a buddy of his. Yeah. It was a hunting accident. I shot him in the face, and it was an accident. So let's say Liz Cheney shoots somebody. And then let's say I shoot somebody. Same exact fucking situation same state everything's the same she's gonna get away with it there's a strong possibility that i'm going to prison and the difference isn't the color of her skin it's how much fucking money we've got in the bank yeah because she can hire an attorney that's super fucking dirt it's like a yeah, well, thank you for making well, my argument for me. Then. She probably knows the judge. Um, she probably gave him a reach around when she put the fucking dildo on and fucked him in his ass. <laughs> you know a lot more about Liz Cheney than I do. Um, <laughs> I thought she might have gone to that one guy's island, you know, the one that they killed. They, now they found, like, uh, Noam Chomsky went to his island. Yeah. What the fuck? No, dude. Come on, man. I, I'm not disappointed in very many people, but I got to tell you, man, I'm kind of disappointed in your Epstein. Yeah. 
right? That's what his name was, right? Epstein. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that she probably did. I know that. I what, don't know that she did. I was just totally talking shit. Well, no. Jay. The totally the thing is, shit. and she may not have because a lot of that stuff is misogynistic type stuff. You know, like the only women there are to be objectified and used. Yeah. Um, in Oz, they talked about some place in California that was a similar type of thing um, where all of the power players in the fucking United States would show up like once a year and go there for a month and, you know, drugs and fucking debauchery all around, you know, 24 hours a day. That's why it should. Yeah. So I, I don't know. They may have maybe changed some parameters, or maybe Liz Cheney came up with her own fucking thing. But honestly, like, you know, I don't ever have problems with the idea of your prescriptions, right? Except for the fact that you circumvent the whole, like, structural, like, I want, I want to be able to say that we tighten laws and things are going to work out better. I want to say that if we deal with education in a more sophisticated, developed, you know, inclusive, make sure everybody has an equal opportunity, like a real equal opportunity kind of way, then it would make, then it would, but I just don't think, I don't even think we even know where to start with because every time we talk about, you know, so a second and a half after the Allen, Texas thing happened where that guy with a fucking dude with a Spanish surname and a fucking a swastika on his chest and an SS fucking ta- a huge SS tattoo on his arm. One and a half seconds after that, what what did what did the Democrats say? Assault rifles ban, you know, magazine ban, you know. I mean, it's it's all the same thing. Like as if somehow or another, if you take away uh, the legal right for a person to purchase an assault rifle rifle and you limit the size of a magazine then suddenly these these mass shootings are going to just disappear. Right, and that's why I tried to explain to that friend of ours that, you know, safety is an illusion and that it's not just guns. That if someone is willing to die themselves or go to prison and kill a lot of people in the process, then they're going to fucking do it, regardless of how it's done. I mean run somebody over with their car? Are you going to ban cars at that I, point? I didn't bring that up, though, to make an argument just about banning guns. I know. What I what I brought it up is that there are prescriptions that are developed immediately in the aftermath of something like this that never deal with the greater social questions that are causing them to happen in the first place. Period. Yeah, I, I get that, dude. I know what your argument is. You're saying that everything's broken and we need to fix it, and then that may fix the whole problem with the mass shootings. I don't know that that's what I'm saying. Well, I, don't even I, think, I, I don't even think that we know how to fix it. I don't think that we take enough time to stop and look at ourselves and think about the situations that we're in. I don't think anybody wants to fix it. I don't think we know how to fix it either. But I think that, obviously, mental health, you know, I mean... I, I would need to look at the numbers again, but I mean, a shit ton of fucking homeless people are schizophrenic or have some other extremely fucking dire mental health issue. Um, 
So if you fix mental health, then maybe these schizophrenics or massive depressives or whatever it is, maybe don't go and shoot up a mall. Maybe. I'm not saying, yes, it's going to happen, but it would help with the homelessness thing, at least to some degree. I mean, everything, again, there's no such thing as total safety. So no matter what we do with these crazy people, some of them are still going to fucking be crazy and do crazy shit. No way to fix all that. Maybe, but that would be kind of drastic. Give them a bunch of lawn darts, stick them in an arena, and let them play lawn darts with each other for a while. That's what they should have done with lawn darts. I don't know, dude. I... I'm not saying that any one thing or even all of the things that I talk about fixing are going to fix the entire problem. Uh, I don't know if the vigilante thing can be fixed, period, because it's been going on for a long, long fucking time. I mean, people feel wronged. People see that, you know, the law didn't actually do anything to help them, so they took care of it themselves. Whether it was tossing tea over a fucking the side of a ship, or tossing people over the side of a ship, or hanging people from the mast, or whatever. Um, we've been doing it for a a long fucking time. You you want to hear something funny that has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about right here? I always want to hear something funny. So I think it was last night. Um, CNN did a town hall. Uh, they had Trump on, and CNN is just like MSNBC. For, for, at least in, in terms of my category, CNN and MSNBC are very similar in the fact that they try to project. Uh, they're like the Fox News for the left, right? I get it. Um, and they're both bad like totally fucking horrible with regards to the way that they approach this. And they kept just as one, one instance uh, they, they were trying to sort of like relitigate all the shit that Trump did while he was president. Right. The first question that they came out and asked was about stop the steal. Right. They did a focus group at the end of it. And it was 10 Republicans, different, varying different ages. And they said, uh, do you think that it's prudent for Trump to be focusing on stop the steal instead of talking about policy issues for 2024? And the response that the guy gave him was, well, when your first question is, do you still believe that the, the uh, election was stolen, why don't you ask him questions about policies for right now and not make your first question about 2020. Right. But they're not even sophisticated enough. Like they think that like they're going to present him as the same person that he's always been for all intents and purposes, you know, grab a pussy, you know, I, I, it was stolen from me. Uh, blah, 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 you know, walking the line with regards to the uh, abortion, you know, because he is pro, he is pro, uh, choice but he has to have the pro-lifers in his corner to kind of like keep everything moving but all he did and they the last question that they asked them uh 
does anybody feel worse about Trump? Does anybody feel better about Trump? Not a single hand was raised for either one of those. Does anybody feel the same? And they all, they didn't look at each other. They didn't wait fucking to watch what everybody else was doing. Everybody knows who this guy is. They know what they're going to get out of him. But these fucking people think that somehow or another, if he stands up there and says something else about grabbing a pussy, there was a, there was a, he, uh, there was a case that was tried against him in this last week about whether or not he raped this lady, whether or not he sexually assaulted this lady and something else in relation to that. Um, and it was in a jurisdiction where uh, most of the, the, uh, the charges were not criminal charges. They were civil charges and they found him guilty on the civil charges issues, but not on the rape one. The rape one was the actual criminal one. Um, they asked him about this, you know, and he basically said, I don't even know who this person is, you know, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, she said that she wanted to, that we ran into each other in front of Bergendorf, whatever that fucking place is. And, uh, that we hit it off and she found an empty, uh, um, changing room and we were hang doing hanky panky in the, the changing room. I, he's like, I don't even, I mean, it's all the shit that he says where he just, you'd think that any normal person doing it would be opening their mouth and sticking their foot in, but because it's Trump, like, everybody accepts him for his vulgarity because he stands and mocks everything that the left-wing media does, you know? But CNN and MSNBC just keep doing it. MSNBC said, you should never should have done this CNN because you gave a platform to a despicable person. How do you not give a platform to a person who's the forerunner for... You, you, you don't have to like him, but the guy's running for president and he's got the bulk of... You cannot deplatform that person. You can try, but you can't do it. Right. I just don't understand how. Like it's like they never learn, and they're never gonna learn. Well, they're they're trying to keep their fucking demographic listening. So weird. I I, I didn't hate listen it. to it. I didn't. Pay, I I listened to them talk about it on breaking points, just because I don't have time or patience. To... You know that was another. That is another thing that we could probably fix that would help the vigilante thing is this fucking runaway fucking bullshit entertainment news stuff that they do, where they end up trying people in the media. Um, but we are at an hour and coming up on like. 20 okay. so let's wrap this one up um we got at least another hour of the vigilante discussion coming up soon and then the uh following two will be uh, vigilantes in pop culture is which what is, darren which said is earlier fun. there's a lot of good yeah. stuff out there for that i think that they actually deal with it in a more interesting and sophisticated way than the way it plays out in real life well, and they give they give the definition, I think, the picture that everybody has in their head of what a vigilante is. You know, it is Dexter, it is Batman, it's it is Spider-Man. It's the fantasy. It's, it's the real fantasy. It's... I mean what I said, real fantasy. The fucking Avengers, you know, based on whatever, a Civil War or whatever it was. Um, so, yeah. But we'll talk about that in the pop culture one, which but then we've got the second half of this one coming up soon. So we will talk to you later. You can get us at shortbusdebateclub at yahoo.com. 7203 roll. 
Ähm, Danke dir sehr. Ja.